Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Racing Couch. My name is Aiden. I'm your host, as always. I'm here with Rob Schwankler. He's one of my friends I've known for about a year now. We're going to talk a little bit about Formula One's Fernando Alonso coming back. We're going to talk about Alpine and Renault, the safety of Formula One, how it's progressed through the years. Not only that, but car development and a couple other things on our list. So uh, tune in every Tuesday and Friday for a new episode. But today you're listening to myself and Rob talking about Formula One. So enjoy the episode. All right. It's uh, yeah, we're starting the podcast. We're live out here from uh, Richmond to Dallas. That's uh, Virginia to Texas for you Europeans that don't know if you're listening. Um but yeah, this is this is the racing couch. I got uh, my guest Robert Schwankler on the line. Uh, he's uh, he's pretty cool, man. I've known him for about a year now. He does a lot of the graphics for uh, a lot of a lot of different leagues. I know at least three leagues that he does the graphics for, maybe more. Uh, well, he does one for. Uh, do you do the le- the graphics for the iRacing league you're in? Uh, yes, yeah. So it's up to like five five leagues now, I think. Oh wow! Yeah. Where do you find the time? I, I don't. <laughs> I, stay up, <laughs> I stay up late a lot. Uh, dude, I'm the same. I'm I'm up in bed until one in the morning doing stuff. But uh, that's man, it's crazy. I've never been good at graphic design or or illustrations or whatever you want to call it. But um, you're pretty good, man. You, I, I've seen. I mean, you've got it's a yeah. It's it's my career. It's what I do for a living. So. Uh, that's just, I, mean, I do it every single day, you know? Oh, so it comes standard. You just kind of, you have to know it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a, it's a skill set that I've honed for, oh man, <clears throat> 15 plus years now. Right. And, uh, when did you, when were you born? What, what was the, what year were you born? <laughs> Are you trying to make me feel old? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to ask to see like how <laughs> like technology has changed and how you've like gotten uh, so, into yeah, so I guess I'm I'm the last bit of I guess what are they called Zennials. I was born in '80, so I'm kind of in between. Uh, I guess Gen X and what is it? Gen Millennials. Gen Y Millennials. Yeah, I don't even know what they call it now. But okay, yeah. so you, you're kind so of the. I was that crossover between between analog and digital. You know, when I was little, we still had a, a rotary phone. Oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I, I'm, I'm 25 now I was born in 95. So when I was little, we had, uh, we had like the corded phone in the wall that had like the 20 foot cord that you take to the basement. Yeah. And all that good stuff. But yeah, man, I, I was just thinking about how, how different it must be from when, like, like when you were, when you were a kid, like what you were playing video games, but you were playing like Atari. Uh, and- yeah, I wasn't really old enough to to be into that. Um, I had the Nintendo, the first, the NES, the original when it came out. Like when it released, I got one. So oh, that was nice. My, that was my first. Actually, my first foray into video games was on a Commodore sixty four. So really, is that a is that yeah. a fight? No, that's just a. It's a computer. It was like a a keyboard computer all in one. You basically you just hook it up to any TV and and play uh, the games. Had, it had a cartridge slot on the back of the keyboard, which was where all the CPU and everything was, and you could slide games into it. And then there was like a a peripheral floppy disk drive that you could put uh, five and a quarter inch floppy disks in and damn play dude, games. yeah, old school stuff, man. 
that's that's cool. That's back in the days where you have to blow on the cartridge when you're not working. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, work. <sighs> yes, sir. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, man. I grew up. I think the first. Um, I think the first video game system I played was the Nintendo 64. Oh, cool. Yeah, Goldeneye. Oh, dude, Goldeneye, um, <laughs> Smash Brothers. Yeah, played this game Wipeout '64. That was really fun. It was like speed boats, but they were yeah, like I think I remember that one. Formula boats. I don't know. I think that's probably a thing. Formula boats. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Good times. Yeah, dude, definitely. Speaking about um, people who are out of their generation, um, we want to talk about Fernando Alonso a little bit. He is. Coming back to Formula One in well this year, I guess it's it's 2021 already. If you haven't yeah, heard, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but he's coming back this year, and he's been gone for two years now. Was it, or did he leave after 19? Uh, no, I think it's been I think it's been two. Yeah, I think he left after the 2018 season because I think that was the first year. For some reason, I can remember that being the first year they had the Halo and Fernando Alonso leaving. At the yeah. same time, yeah, it sounds right. So I think he's, I guess, yeah, he's been gone for two years, and I mean, he's a championship winner. He's going to Renault or Al- Alpine, I guess it is now. Alpine or Alpine? I'm gonna say Alpine because that's all the Europeans yeah. say. It. This is a European sport, so Alpine. We're gonna call it Alpine. Yeah, but, I think he left in 2018 because he tried to do Indy th- three times. Oh yeah, yeah, he did do he did do indie. Didn't did he yeah. succeed in doing indie? I remember watching a race he was in, or at least highlights from it, and he Yeah, he, did. he didn't do that great. And then the last the last attempt he didn't even qualify to make the race. Oh. Yeah, so So he decided he'd come back to the <laughs> Well, he wanted challenges. to come back. Yeah, from what I remember uh just reading stuff, he wanted to he targeted coming back for twenty twenty one, I guess early on because he once they announced that's when the the spec changes were coming into play for all the for all the teams the different the new cars you know he he was interested and he thought that would be a good time to come back but of course that's gotten pushed now so yeah so apparently he, he was in talks with reno to come back you know before obviously before any of us knew that it was even a, a rumor i think yeah, well, he started with Renault, right? Or Williams Renault? Renault Williams or what, what where did he start? Where was his first team and then where was his championship team? Uh Reno was his championship team and then he started at Minardi, if I remember correctly. Okay, uh, so team that's yeah. long gone. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Teams like that don't seem to last. I mean, dude, not only do we have Fernando Alonso coming back, but he's coming back to a to Alpine, which I mean, it's a it's Renault essentially, but it's a different team. And Cyril Abitable is gone. Um, it's him and Acon, both you know Hispanic drivers. I think they could form a really good relationship, and I think Alonso could help push Acon to that next level. But we're gonna have to see how competitive they are with each other because you've seen it before where teammates work together and improve each other, and then other times where teammates kind of work against each other and kind of withhold tips and tricks so they can beat their teammate. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think with Alonzo going to do his stints in the world endurance championship, which is a completely different animal than like formula one, you know, the formula one, 
those guys aren't really like keen on yeah the team shares data but the guys aren't like really keen on help like especially i'll use like uh yeah lewis and i mean lewis lewis and alonzo were were teammates for a season and lewis hamilton for those that aren't fully versed in at formula. mclaren right yeah 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 <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> you know uh I would say, you know, those guys don't really share too many, um, I hate to use the word tips, but you know, like they're not helping each other out that much. You know, they're really super, those guys are in F1 cause they're super competitive and they don't, you know, they're going to use whatever advantage they have. So, uh, you know, him going to the world endurance championship, I think is a completely different animal in the sense that they have to work together. You got a team of three or four drivers, you know, that have to communicate, have to share information about the track and the car. And so I'm curious to see, to your point, like if he does end up like helping Ocon uh, as the season progresses, or if he just keeps it close to the chest, close to the vest, I mean, and, and, and you know, doesn't really uh, help him out too much. But I mean, you know, he's, he's an old guard dude, you know, he's been around a while. He's, He's gonna. He's about to be forty. So you know, uh, maybe age will have changed him where he wants to share his wisdom. I don't know. We shall see. Yeah. Well, maybe he's that at that point in his career where he's been racing long enough that he knows it is a team effort. I mean, Formula One's one of those unique sports where it's not only the driver. Like you know, you've got basketball. You got a. You got a. Um, a player and the ball. Yeah. Formula One. Seventy uh, percent of. Uh, in my opinion, about 70% of your success is based on the car and the team you have. Yeah, well, absolutely. I think, I think you're hinting on the point that like the, the, the successful teams, you know, look at Mercedes, those, those teams operate as one. Yes. Lewis and Botas are their individuals, but they, they would not have be having the success they've had um, if they weren't a cohesive team. So. Yeah, and it's like the engineers and the and the uh, team principals, they all need to work together with the drivers, both not not necessarily the drivers together because everyone's driving style is different, but they need to work with them to develop the car properly in each of their own styles. Where, yeah, absolutely. And that's the point that I think where um, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that drivers can't really share. I mean, not share um or at least influence the way the other person is like the other driver on the team for example fernando alonso is going to want to develop his car different than esteban Ocon, um who are going to be teammates this year because you know alonso has a different driving style from him however the part that they can share is tips on on like uh car control breaking points when to overtake when not to overtake kind of like if alonso takes his learning from doing the world endurance series back to formula one and you know helps Akon develop his driving skills then you know we could see another driver come up and be great i don't think Akon is one of the best drivers on the grid i mean he's bottom bottom 10 most certainly mm, i don't know how low down but bottom 10 certainly i mean he could probably develop himself to be potentially a top five driver if he gets a good car but a lot of that requires the car too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, kind of your comment about him being like <clears throat> not that great of a driver. Let's not hold on a second. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, let's not like kid ourselves. These guys that are in Formula One are, you know, 
world-class top-of-the-line drivers. They wouldn't be in F1 if they weren't. So looking at him within the microcosm of F1, yeah, he's not that great. But then take him out of that environment, you know, would he be – obviously, he was well-skilled enough to get there. So uh, I, I don't want to discredit Ocon. But no, Alonso, no, no, no. Alonso, you know, I'd say that if you go and read what pundits have said, you know, I'd say Alonso's, you know, one of the the top drivers. I don't want to say of all time, but he's definitely up there. I mean, he's he's won two championships. He's won a World Endurance Championship. He's won Le Mans. He's won Daytona, uh, the 24 Hours of Daytona, the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Uh, oh yeah. You know, I mean, he's won all these, you know, highly visible. Uh, races that are prestigious. Um, you know, he's just in a, in a different class. I mean, I'd put him up there with Lewis and Schumacher and Graham Hill and all those greats that, you know, uh, everyone reveres. I think he's just as good. You know, if- Oh, yeah. I think he's a, a great driver and not only just a great Formula One driver. He's an all-around. Obviously, as you said, he, he won Le Mans. Um, he's done multiple other championships and competed well in them and i mean i think that says a lot to his character not only about as a racing driver but as a person because he's always looking for that next opportunity that next challenge and i think that's what kind of um attracts formula one drivers and you know i don't want to take anything away from akon he's obviously a very very good driver uh, but yeah as you said in the microcosm which is a great word i wanted to say <laughs> uh <laughs> he is uh bottom 10 out of the yeah. 20 people that make it to Formula One out of the probably millions of people that are racing as a career that are trying to get to Formula One, only 20 get in. And out of those 20, he's bottom 10. So realistically, oh, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, he's one of the best drivers of all time. Well, no, maybe not all time. I mean, that's hard to say, but he's really good. We'll just put it at that. He's really yeah, good. Yeah, for sure. And Alonso coming back as his teammate with all that experience. Uh, you know, Akon's a young driver. They've got a new team. They've got a new car. They've got experience. And Alonso, um, did they bring in? Um, didn't they bring in a, a new um, team principal? Yeah. So the team principal they brought in was Davide Brivio, which, if anyone's familiar with MotoGP, he was the team principal at Yamaha, and most recently for Suzuki, they just won the championship this past season. Um, but he's taking his skill set from MotoGP and bringing it to F1. So we'll see how that how that translates. It's, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm sure there's there's obviously similarities. They go to a lot of the same tracks, and you know, it's the same kind of circus. They got to travel, and you know, there's a team of circus. people and engineers and everything. It's it's there's a lot of similarities. So I think I think he'll be able to take his his experience uh, and 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 translate it well. I mean, he was in MotoGP. You know, he worked his way up to get to principal. It's not like he just jumped in out of nowhere. You know, he's been. In, oh no, I think he fully GP deserves the position. Yeah, fully, fully deserves the position. And I, you know, you look at team principals like uh, Toto Wolf. He's the team principal of Mercedes. He's won seven championships in a row. And I don't think it's because Toto Wolf is a great driver. I think it's because he understands how to manage well, because that's what a team principal does. They just manage the team, manage the drivers, manage the strategy, manage the car, but yeah, on absolutely. a grand scheme. So they're not, I mean, you've had some team principals who get down and dirty with the engineers, with the drivers, um, but it's more about leading and delegating. 
delegating well too, which I think uh, uh, Davide Bravadio, Bravidio, how do you say it? Brivio. Brivio. Davide Brivio. Yeah, that's it. I think he has been successful in his ventures in MotoGP. Well, and- I mean, he won the he won the championship with Rossi Yamaha, so he knows how to win. Like, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, he brings that experience to Formula One. I mean, it's the same thing, really. It's it's you know, obviously, you go from two wheels to four wheels, but they're both high speed sports. They're both traveling around the world. They're both managing teams, engineers, large factories. They're, I mean, they're doing the same thing essentially, just from two wheels to four wheels. So yeah, I, I, it's a I, great I decision. It's going to be a huge jump. I, 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 given his experience in Jeep in MotoGP, um, you know, I think they're they're set up for success. If you know, with you bring in Alonso, who is obviously experienced, you bring in that guy. Um, obviously, I mean, it's the same. It's it's the same Renault team, just rebranded. You know, Al, Alpine is just, you know, it's just. It's a sub. I think it's a subsidiary of Renault, actually. 